Hey there, everyone, and welcome back to. Hey there, everyone, and welcome back to. Hey there, everyone, and welcome, 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 welcome. As always, I am your welcome, welcome, Dana. Hello. T. Ew. Drac. Now you're trapped here with me. Luca. We've come this far. And live. Oh no. With, 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 with some remote assistance from Cause Problems on Purpose Protocol. You made your way to the secret room that you've sought after for so long now, only to find it. Oh no. This can't be it, right? What is this room? This room is the gateway to somewhere else. You just need to find the entrance. What do I see with my tricky eyes? I, I think I can see it too. After some investigation and reaching out with your magical senses, you found the same energy there that Jaden first detected in the Neon District. There was water. I, I kind of, I guess, just asked the water to help me out. So we have to figure out what kind of powers are involved here. With all of your powers combined, you were able to pull the portal more fully into your own plane of existence, revealing a doorway made of cloudy fog. Do we want to go through it? We've come this far. I wonder if Drew's up there. He might be. If all of the missing people are anywhere, I feel like it's going to be through there. Okay, let's go. Together. Yes. On three, one, two, three. And you all pass through the doorway. Warning. The following program contains unsettling scenes and soundscapes and may not be suitable for all audiences. Content warnings and timestamps can be found in the description. Listener discretion is advised. what you find on the other side, you're not quite sure of at first. There's so much fog here that it's difficult to orient yourselves, and it all appears to be just a big featureless void. However, after taking some time to adjust your vision, you realize that the fog isn't as thick as it first appeared. The space is mainly just so white and featureless because it seems to be a mirror of the room you just came from. The only difference is that the space is much larger than the space you just left, and the closer you get to the walls, you see that large random chunks of the room are missing, as though parts of them have been deleted from reality. Um, is, is everyone okay? Uh, I think so. Y yes. I I'm good. As good as we can be. Um... Angie, uh, are you... Okay, and you... you're a cat? Instead of saying what the fuck, I meow. And maybe you can all infer yeah. that that's what I would have said had I been in my human form. We've heard yeah. you swear enough. <laughs> we understand the tone of the meow, yeah. 
Also, as you wander through this bit of the room, you also notice that while you can see through this fog, it's still quite heavy in the air around you, and your lungs feel like they're struggling just like a little bit more than usual to draw full breaths. So like, it's not debilitating, but you can tell that if you spend too long here, or if you do anything too strenuous, you could likely get winded quite fast. Okay, but it is like an actual physical thing and not some kind of illusion. Right, it is real fog, real vapor in the air. Okay. Uh, yeah. Annoying. But if you're reaching out with your magical senses, you also can tell that this area is hella magical. Um, give me a sec. Um, and Jane is going to try and push some of this fog away, like make a little fogless bubble around us so you don't have to struggle against it. Oh, sure. Are you, you're just using your air powers for that? Yeah. Just push the vapor out of the way? Yeah, sure. I think since there's so much of it and the space is so magical, I will have to have you do an unleash for that. Yeah. Nine. Okay. You probably want to roll your burn, I guess, as well at some point, right? Uh, yeah. I'll roll my burn. An eight. Okay. So I get three burn, um, mark three conditions. Oh, one condition. Oh, yeah, one. Sorry, yeah. I think I'll go with hopeless. Uh, for your unleash... Would you like to mark uh, another condition, or would you like it to be unstable or temporary? I'll go with unstable and temporary. I probably don't fully understand uh, how magical this fog is, so I probably can't keep it back for long. Sure. I think you can keep your bubble up for a little while, but I think at the first sign of something that will break your concentration, it will probably stop. Yeah. So it's just kind of like a, almost like a mini whirlwind around us. Like on the inside, it's perfectly still and quiet, but on the outside, you see like a wall of wind rushing around us, keeping the fog at bay. All right. That should make it a little bit easier to breathe anyway, at least. Thank you. Thanks, Jacob. It's much appreciated. Thank you. Do a little kitty sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> Just getting little scratches on the, the top of your head. <laughs> um, after the scratch, I'm gonna go and walk on someone else's shoulder. Probably bees. Oh, oh. hi. <laughs> okay, so fog situation's taken care of, but I don't know how I'm supposed to find anybody in this stuff. Yeah, to be clear, you can see the borders of the room, and there are holes in the wall, basically large enough to look through and go out of. Yeah, but it's just like. I don't know. It's kind of freaky being in a mirror world. So I think Lucia's kind of a little freaked out. It, listen, it's one thing to create illusions. It's another thing to have yourself trapped in what feels like an illusion, but also feels very real. So I think in general, she's just actually kind of getting freaked out a little bit. Looks a little nervous. Totally fair. Side note, I live and good, but... <laughs> <laughs> good to know. Yeah, if anybody is uncomfortable with anything at any time, let me know. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. If we look around this room specifically, do we see anything or anyone of note? Uh, nothing inside the room, uh, but you can definitely see through the holes in the wall. You can see that there is stuff outside the room that is not featureless and white. It looks like there's more chunks of stuff out there anyway. <laughs> All right, let's take a look around. Trixie will steal herself. I think she's doing that thing where she sticks her hands in her pockets, like her big jacket <laughs> pockets, to look casual, but she's also like hunched over and kind of like hugging it around herself as she goes over. Um, and I'm going to try to assess the situation and peer through some of these windows. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's a great idea. Cool. So you get to roll superior to that. Mm -hmm. 
And I can't remember. Do you have any delinquent moves that would help with that? I do. I have criminal minds. And I hit an 11. Nice. Right. So you get three questions plus your criminal mind stuff. Okay. Um, oh, no. You said the windows we can, like, walk through. Is that correct? Yeah, it's less that they're windows and more like there's just like Minecraft style big squarish blocks that mm. are just not there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like they've been deleted. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. These are not great questions. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess what here would be the biggest threat? I think as you move closer to the holes in the wall, you can see outside mm-hmm. the most immediate thing that looks like it would be threatening is the stuff floating around outside, which appears to be the Crimson Signal building, but it's disassembled and floating around this space in multiple large chunks. Oh, okay. The red colors of the building also are much more muted and dark than they are in the normal world. Okay. Uh, Except for one big chunk floating off and overhead that looks like it's the size of an entire floor, and that is the same bright red that it is in the real world. Mm, very Persona, very Roblox. Okay, cool. Awesome. Love it here. Well, actually, more specifically, also nearby, that same floating floor is a large metal cylinder floating right nearby it that is, you would gather, maybe five or six times the size of a person, and you think that looks pretty suspicious. Okay. My other question is going to be, who here is most vulnerable to me? Hmm. There's no one in your immediate vicinity that would be. Mm -hmm. Um, I suppose probably it would be best to get a a better sense of what this cylinder is and what's inside this obvious glowing point. All right, perfect. So what's the best way into that little cylinder boy over there? How do I get in there? (laughs) You can't see much of what looks like an opening. Like, it's smooth metal for the most part. It it does have what appears to be like a semi-opaque glass front. Mm. So you're not sure exactly how that opens, but the fact that it has a glass front means that it does open somehow. And there are doors on the outside of this floating floor-sized chunk of the building okay we just have to platform our way over there cool Mm -hmm. yeah because the rest of the building is in pieces there's stairways everywhere it's weirdly kind of familiar because it's kind of like the forest maze yeah (laughs) (sighs) i think trixie just sighs turns back to everybody and is kind of like waving them over i don't think she says anything she just like waves her hand like get over here just all of you (laughs) and just kind of like (laughs) points out the window oh This is weird. This is like, I don't even know. This just seems like a really bad game, like a bad video game. But the point is, I think, is that we have to try to find our way over there. And I like point to the cylinder. I feel like, I mean, it kind of looks like a jail cell or something like that. Anybody that Mm -hmm. we're looking for is probably going to be over there. So here we go. I mean, it's the only thing that looks like it's anything. So, yeah. Well, I mean, except for that, and I, like, point to the extremely ominous bright red platform that just is screaming boss level. Oh, I should also mention there is a sign also on the outside of this part of the building. It is large enough that you can read the text on it from here. It says, SFT Facility Bravo. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, if this is a video game, we should not step on the glowing red platform. Yeah, that's... Wait, Kevin... You said something about not being able to get inside the 13th floor, right? 
Yeah, it was like Friendy couldn't even see what was inside. Maybe because it was not there. Maybe that's the 13th floor. Oh. I think you're probably right. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. Same with this room that we're in right now. I don't like this. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, you can't see, but Friendy's shaking their head, too. All right, uh, let's let's go. And Vivi's going to start making little construct walkways from platform to platform. Lucia isn't going to do anything, but I do think she starts like channeling her powers <laughs> to essentially make everybody so lucky that they would never, ever slip on any of these <laughs> platforms ever. It's like a silent buff yeah. for the rest of the group. <laughs> Yeah, and I think those are both simple enough uses of your powers that that won't make you roll for them. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so I think you start making your way up towards this building. Problem is, no matter how well you're doing this, as you get closer to the building, you start to hear what seems like a dull blaring from inside of this building that you're moving towards. And you realize, oh, wait a minute. If the alarms were going off in the part of the building that we just came from, they probably have already alerted the people in here, too. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, Ricky, move they on didn't our part. think about that. Yeah. Yeah, so as you hear these alarms going off, you're about maybe halfway up when a door in the side of the building opens up, and you see from that door is a figure in a robe that seems to be made of the same fog, like maybe a little bit darker so you can actually see them against the fog but they look like the figure that you saw for a brief moment when Jaden used his powers in the neon district they glare down at you with what you assume to be a glare anyway (laughs) because they're staring very pointedly at you and the cylinder is close enough that they float over to it and before you can get much further up they touch a panel on the side of the cylinder an LED panel on the top of the cylinder lights up revealing text that reads Nightmare Star B03KWAZ. And it seems like the cylinder is starting to hiss and possibly come to life. I also hiss. Um, I think we're gonna have company. The figure ducks back inside the building fairly quickly, but the cylinder is starting to hiss the way that like a cryo chamber starting to open up would open in a sci-fi movie and the the glass panel starts to slide back and slide open and you start to see through this fog there is a massive figure inside the cylinder and as this figure emerges from inside the cylinder and you see more of the details you see You see a figure in repose. As the cylinder opens, you would expect maybe somebody inert, arms folded across their chest, curled up in a ball. But no, uh, you see a figure sitting on what could only really be described as a throne made of rhyme, like deep sea green ice. Relaxed, holding a teeny, teeny tiny cocktail glass in one hand and then you realize it is because the figure is absolutely huge what you would describe as maybe a a statuesque figure in fact actually it looks like a statue come to life except roughly hewn from ice or maybe glass or maybe crystal their feet end in long ice skate like blades 
their right hand's fingers extend way too long into uh, razor-sharp claws, and the face of which, um, comparable to the most glowing of Caucasian movie models of Roman statues with a long whip-like ponytail which ends also in a sword-like blade. Its eyes slowly roll over towards all of you. Oh, we have guests. All right, then. And they slowly get up from the chair. And as this being approaches you all, you also realize that in the center, at the heart of what looks like this being's chest, is a large, narrow crystal with pointed ends, inside which is the sleeping form of one Kelvin Wyatt. I recognize a few of you. Ah. And points with the one razor-tipped, way-too-long finger at Queen Bee. I definitely recognize you. Kelvin? Hmm. The one in the same. I, uh... Oh. (laughs) I really, really didn't want to see you again. Show, Ruiner. Queen Bee, what did you do? (laughs) I mean, I... Well, it wasn't that good of a show to start with. (laughs) (laughs) Bee! Oh, and um, there are six people and a kitten present, or five people in the kitten? It's five people and a kitten. Five people in the kitten. Yes. Yes. This is what a balanced adventure party looks like. (laughs) Yes, I guess I'm confirming the number of humans because that many, essentially almost like fighting polygon team featureless mannequins all immediately manifest uh, in front of each of your faces, like right up in your grill. And they all say simultaneously, You made a very poor decision coming to find me today. But then this area is relatively featureless, and I could do with some ice sculptures. I don't do well with the cold. Trixie puts her hands on her hips, and five more of her appear, and they're all surrounding her. And simultaneously, they're like, Oh, you're not that special. We can do that too. Actually, yeah. Uh, then all of the mannequins gain very human-looking mouths and repeat that back to you. Oh, you're not that special. We can do that too. I'm going to try and unleash my powers again to see if I can be a bigger cat. Sure. And because (laughs) I have the thick and thin-skinned move, I get to take plus one ongoing to unleash my powers. So I'm hoping that plus one will help. Yeah, that'll negate the minus one to using one of your new powers, so it'll just be a regular unleash. Guess we'll see. Hope I don't stay a kitten. Oh, yeah. I rolled a 10. I rolled a 10. All right, tell us what happens. So I stop hissing, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) There's like maybe every time uh, Kelvin said something or when they started laughing, I think mostly B could really hear it but there was just a hissing and then just you know how sometimes cats like vibrate and they see an enemy that they want to fight so that's basically what Bane Kitten's doing and then she just jumps 
and I guess B, it's up to you if you want to try and catch her, but um, you won't be able to, but then she turns into an actual tiger. Oh my god. And then roars, partly excited and partly shocked, but a roar nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, I think you. I, I would probably even say that you feel like you can do this a little more easily because of the magical energy of this space. So you feel that path back to where you felt when you first accessed this ability. A icy eyebrow raises. Oh, well, I suppose it would make sense that um, Queen Bee, if I recall, would maintain an entourage of other magical performers. Although maybe it is apt that you have a circus act rather than a pop star band. Damn. (laughs) I roar again. (laughs) Well, I guess as a clown, you'd know. Also, don't disrespect circuses. Those people work very hard. Yeah. I'm not really a fan of clowns, but everyone else, they're great. Pixie just shakes her head. I think around this time, Vivi readies her sword and says, Look, we don't have time for this. We don't know when other guards will come. We, Whoever this is, we need to get through them. And- whoever this is? Oh, well, let's go and teach you a lesson today, then. As the gigantic figure gestures with one hand, and an ice wall just raises up out of the ground, blocking further progress. Oh no, we're going to have a nice long chat about what it means to be a performer, then, since you have such a strong idea of what it takes, mere children. Actually, oh, I recognize you. And almost with surprising speed, the mannequins clear and the figure now is all up in Violet's Violet's face. I assume you're transformed. Yes, yes. You get an appraising eye up and down. Oh yes, Violet's Violet. You uh, reasonably have quite an illustrious career ahead of you, if you can continue to please the uh, label you're working for. Do recognize that the moment that you stop being of prime quality, they will drop you at the turn of a hat. It's a knife edge we walk in this industry. Oh, I'm well familiar, and I've dealt with egos much larger than yours already. Oh, this isn't ego. This is years and years of hard, hard work to be respected. I have had to craft myself from the ground up to meet the standards of not just a label, but my audience. (laughs) I mean, it's not a thing that they would have taught you in whatever like teenage idol training camp they put you through but (laughs) despite all the years of practice that I put in even before my career the agent that took me on (laughs) his voice cracks slightly still said that they would find it hard to place me in this industry (laughs) because I am not uh, how did they say it Hmm. alabaster enough for the target audience of my music genre. Those who have seen Zero Degrees perform before know from his skin tone that he's like mixed race Turkish and the head of this figure is very white. At that, Trixie from the other side just like stomps one of her heeled feet and is just like, well, that's bullshit. Who cares? And this is why you won't last long in the industry, I'm afraid. What does that mean, Alabaster enough? It means marketable elementum, you know? But zero degrees, you're 
pretty cool. Why? How is? How are you not marketable enough? Vivi's confidence is obviously like a little shaken at this. Like, just it. It means white. Oh, why is that? Why is that marketable? <laughs> why indeed? <clears throat> well, it seems you have a lot of lessons to learn. And it seems that I get to be your teacher for this afternoon. Class is in session. Are you ready? Upon the classes in session, we get a proper kind of like boss cut in with like text that, that appears on screen in the kind of block font that they use in like My Hero Academia or something like that. And uh, instead of it saying zero degrees, it says absolute zero as they start snapping their fingers with one hand and tapping their foot as kind of just music comes out of nowhere and they start preparing to dance. And this sounds like the perfect opportunity to enter battle against a dangerous foe as a team. Yes, it does. (laughs) This is my first time. So you automatically get two team added to the pool to make a total of five, and you can get more or fewer depending on your answers to the following questions. So first off, who would you say is the leader of the group currently? Vivi's sort of trying to... Yeah, I think it might be Vivi. I think it's Vivi. She's got her sword raised, she's literally taking point. Yeah, Yeah. that's fair. (laughs) Okay, so does the leader have influence over every teammate? Yes, over here. Yes, over here? Yep. Yes. You all have influence over Karen at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so you get an extra team for that. What is everybody's purpose in the fight? If it's the same for everybody, you'll get another one. I mean, upon realizing that this is Kelvin, this is zero degrees, and seeing them asleep in the crystal in the chest, the thing is to break zero degrees out, at least for Jaden. I don't know if it is for everyone else. Save zero degrees. I think for Angie, not being Raven, is um, when Bane Raven and B were there in their showdown, afterwards, Angie kind of wiped out very publicly in front of a bunch of people with phones. And Kelvin did try to help her. So she feels this is her chance to rescue that person. Yeah, she's, she's in the same, I guess, long Long way to say that she's in the same boat as Elementum, that she wants to break Helvin out of there. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's good to get the reasoning mm-hmm. behind it, though. Mm-hmm. Vivi uh, doesn't know Kelvin personally, but our purpose here is to rescue people from Crimson Signal, and it's obvious that the person inside Absolute Zero is trapped here, so that's her purpose as well. For Vivi, or not for Vivi, I'm not a Vivi, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> for Lucia, you know, she was brought here because, like, we're on a rescue mission. And I think everybody knows at this point that she is a secret Zero Degrees stan. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> if you got a chance to rescue your favorite, wouldn't you? True, true, true. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. I think Jaden's very more openly a fan. <laughs> they can never know she has interests. Nobody can ever know that she thinks they're really cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we wants to rescue Kelvin, even if it's just to lord it over them. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. We have a total of seven team. 
while dancing, a small replica of Elementum appears. And they said, I did a little bit of research on all of you. And wow, I didn't think that you would actually employ such a literal child. And this version of Elementum is what you're wearing already, but it's like outsized. It looks too big for you. Like you have not actually grown into the outfit and therefore into your role. Um, <laughs> you're too young for this job, kid. Get out while you still can. I'm not too young. It's always good to start young so I can have time to get better. Um. <laughs> Let's go for the provoke someone, I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a hit at a seven. Okay. Yeah, I specifically want because absolute zero, or at least uh, Kelvin White inside there, is aware of what all of you do in terms of power set. Yeah, you get Wi-Fi in the fog dimension. You've had time to research. (laughs) (laughs) I think the debut of at least Daggerfall circumstance was a kind of what went around the sphere even before Zero Degrees met Bane, Raven, and Queen Bee in person. So there was a degree of putting two and two together of who those people were. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you would have seen the video. Mm, Yes, yes. mm. So as a bit of dramatic irony, somebody who has ice powers would rather not somebody who has fire powers be doing things. So, yeah, this kind of, like, uh, making Elementum self-doubt is to make them hesitate in actually trying to attack Absolute Zero. So, yeah, this is specifically trying to get you to not attack him. Okay. And if I don't, does I get a condition? Yeah, so if you do attack anyway, you mark a condition. If you don't attack, then nothing happens. Okay. I think he does hesitate a little bit, thinking about how when his powers first came about, he did accidentally hurt his little sister, and now someone else pointed out that they have full control of their powers or their role, don't know their role in the group yet, so he kind of staggers backwards a little bit and hesitates to do anything and just raises his hands in more of a defensive stance. I I still have time to figure out my role. (laughs) A laugh is all you get in response. Since we have Violet's Violet was kind of like closest, the clone of Violet's Violet shows up in a... The fit of the kind of like goth Lolita outfit is all wrong. It would be like an ill interpretation of somebody who doesn't understand the subculture Mm. or the kind of vibe Mm -hmm. that you're trying to go for. Oh, the ultimate crime, the faux leader. Mm, The eater, I think is the term. Oh, yes. (laughs) And uh, that one uh, says to you, is like, they will force you to be the person that you don't want to be. You're going to have to jump to their whims, be their mannequin until the end of your days, until they break you. Vivi just makes a face and starts attacking with her sword. Mm-hmm. Does not have a response to that. Are you going for the mannequin or are you trying to bypass and go for absolute zero? The, the mannequin. All right. So that sounds like a directly engaged threat. Yeah, that's getting under her skin enough to go for the mannequin rather than the actual source here. Mm-hmm. And that's a full hit. Ooh, Ooh, beautiful. So what would you like to happen for that? Um, I have to impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition, mm-hmm. as well as resist or avoid their blows. The copy of you also gains like an ice rapier and goes at you, but you chip away as if you were stabbing it with like an ice pick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think there has to be, you know, a mirror match where their swords are hitting each other, but the ice sword chips away and snaps, and Vivi takes the opening to bring her own sword down and thrust it through the center of the mannequin. 
the mannequin explodes in a shower of Swarovski crystals and glitter. And Absolute Zero has returned to their seat again and is sitting like legs crossed looking at all of you and nods like, yeah, it's good. I think while this is going on, by the way, I think Karen is trying to sneak around various bits of the world, Mm -hmm. (laughs) trying to avoid the gaze of everything. Can I actually try to assist with that? Yeah, sure. Okay. (laughs) Because she wasn't in the video. Well, I guess she wasn't in the video. She was just the victim of it. Mm -hmm. She was the victim, (laughs) but I wasn't. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So you have a better chance at avoiding one of these psychological attacks. Okay, I think I see Karen, like, moving around and stuff. Um, I still have, like, my illusion copies. It's not, like, actual physical copies. Different than the mannequins. But I think all of us just yell out, like, at the top of our lungs. She's like, zero degrees! And trying to, like, get Calvin's attention. And if they, like, look over, I think you just see, like, Trixie almost in tears, just, like, hands to her heart, pleading, just... This isn't actually who you are. You're such an amazing artist and you're so supportive and you're groundbreaking. You really are. And and I've watched you for so long and I'm a big fan and I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for you. Like, I don't know how somebody who looks like me could even think about doing this at the level that you are. And and it's just really important and I wish that you like actually could see. And she's just like running her mouth because mm. I want to use the move, are you watching closely when you mislead, distract or trick someone? Roblox superior. Yeah. yeah. No, amazing. <laughs> I love it. Yes! Kapow! Oh, I'm sorry, I'm kapow. I know. Yeah. No, I'm peeking my mic. I'm so sorry. 14. I rolled a 14. Oh my goodness. On that kind of a roll, I think that's probably going to affect you on some level, uh, Kelvin. Oh, yeah. Some of the other mannequins stop what they're doing as an equal number of mannequins to the number of illusions that Trixie has summoned show up immediately next to them. And because so many additional ice dancers are out at once, some of the older ones don't work correctly anymore. It seems there's a bit of a limit to how many absolute zero can control simultaneously. So at this moment, the ones that are fighting have stopped working for a while. The ones that are paying attention specifically to Trixie after that outpouring of fan kindness, look at her like they were all initially featureless faces. And then they all specifically carve out of their own faces, zero degrees faces. And with an expression of absolute pity, say, I have no idea who you are. Oh, but yeah, regardless, uh, Trixie, you do get three from your Are You Watching Closely list. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to choose I expose a weakness or a flaw. I get an mm-hmm. opportunity and I confuse them for some time, which I think kind of works because like you said, you have so many of these mannequins focused on Trixie. You've also aware that they can't run that many at once, it seems. So there's definitely an opening yeah, it sounds like a good weakness or a flaw. And we'll get to the opportunity. But I think once you're that close, Trixie lifts up her head and wipes her fake tears away and just kind of smirks and is like, you'll know soon enough. And hopefully Karen's going and doing whatever she's doing. Go, girl, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's scrambling up bits of debris and building behind where the main action is happening teleporting here and there with the help of her friend to get to bits that she can't climb on her own until she gets kind of like 
on top of the cylinder where Absolute Zero can't see? Like, because you said that they're in there thrown inside the cylinder right now, right? Yeah, yeah. They're like, the cylinder's open and there's a big ice thrown inside that is Absolute Zero is reclining on. <laughs> yeah, so she's gotten up on top of the cylinder for now. She looks like she needs to take a breather for a sec from what she just did, but she looks like she's in a good vantage point to do something once she's ready. I don't think uh, Absolute Zero is aware that Bane Raven can turn into animals, so there isn't really much cutting to the heart of things that, Z- <laughs> that Absolute Zero would be able to do. Um, it's and your pet tiger. Yeah, very <laughs> odd. I, I think you just kind you of... like you have fleas. I don't know. <laughs> I think the uh, ice clone, it's still humanoid rather than cat-like. But it's just kind of keeping you busy, giving you thrusting attacks at you every so often to kind of keep you on your toes. Okay. And away from everybody else. So being a, a specific kind of, hey, if this thing is fighting you, you can't fight anything else. Although it's definitely operating a lot more slower and robotic now that there seems to be a bunch of other ice dancers in the same space. Okay. Uh, I think Angie knows there's some limitations to the cat form so she knows like she's not going to be able to run over there and try to break Kelvin out of the crystal that they're encased in so yeah I think she sees what Trixie did and she's probably going to try and do something reckless like take on two at a time to try and split that focus a bit more if possible Mm. sounds like a good plan and I'll roll I guess directly engage and we'll see if she succeeds with that sure Um, and I'm just on the fly like (laughs) because this seems right Um, You are a giant tiger, and you are using your physical strength to do that. I'm going to give you a plus one. Oh, thank you. Uh That's a 12. Everybody's rolling real good. good. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my moly. (laughs) Don't worry. I'm going to roll soon, and I'm going to break that. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Oh, man. Don't you dare bring that nasty energy into this. I already have a minus two to unleash my powers. I'm going to roll bad. It's definitely better than when she was trying to attack the guards and just turn into a fluffy kitten instead of a yeah. tiger at the time. So I think now that she's a tiger, she's like, yeah! <laughs> yeah, oh no, it seems like you traded your good rolls for the first half of the heist. Yeah, pretty much. We'll see, though. This is only the one. <laughs> Maybe they'll keep going. Yeah, I probably jinxed it now. But anyway, I think she would be able to do that. Yeah, so you get to pick two from Directly Engage. I am going to resist and avoid, and also create an opportunity for my allies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you try and go for like a, a biting attack at one point, and one of the ice dancers tries to grab you by the inside of the mouth, so you're kind of in like a locked state. And then with your superior bite power, just cleaves straight through the forearms of this ice dancer. Hmm, Queen Bee. The ice dancer that's in front of you doesn't say anything, but actually just specifically tries to just attack you silently. It doesn't actually go for any particular witticisms. It seems that Absolute Zero just wants to be rid of you more than anything else. 
And that's the biggest insult. Mm. And actually, I would like to make a roll for this one. Yeah. I'd like to use a wield my powers roll in this particular instance. They're not messing around. Ooh, for sure. This is the result of the Twitter battle from a few months ago. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness. Of course oh, no. it's a five. Oh. Classic Kelvin. Oh god. Of course. Directly attacking <laughs> teens does not work. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> hey there, everyone! I'm gonna try and keep the middle bit as fast as possible today, just because this is a long episode as is, and also I don't want to break up the flow more than is necessary. This, I think, is one of our most outstanding episodes to date, and we've all been super, super eager to finally show it off, and I'd like you to get back to that as soon as possible. So, let's roll. Speaking of rolling, the only major announcement I have to share is that uh, Super Idols RPG will be participating in Rainbow Roll Fest! Yeah! It's an online podcast festival dedicated to queer actual play podcasts, run by some of the fine folks over at the Be Gay Roll Dice Network. There will be a selection of shows from the network showing at the festival, as well as an array of other queer AP podcasts to discover and enjoy. It's happening over the weekend of June 18th and 19th, and will feature show screenings, live shows, Q&As with show creators, and lots, lots more. We are going to be screening a condensed version of episode 30, Obligatory Beach episode. Since that's one of our most fun recent episodes, it doesn't require much canon knowledge for new listeners, and come on, who, who doesn't love a beach episode? Come on. <laughs> Somewhat related, but a Rainbow Roll Fest will also be the public premiere of episode one of Roar to Heaven, the podcast I helped co-produce and kickstart back in December, and which I will also be a main player on. Oh my god, finally getting to play a game has been so goddamn fun the last few months that we've been recording the show. Good lord, you're gonna love the show. <laughs> Uh, anyway, super exciting all around, and I hope you decide to drop in and check out some of the great queer shows for Pride Month. Also, as always, just wanted to remind you that the Patreon exists and was updated recently with new rewards. You can go to patreon.com slash superidolsrpg and you can support the show for as low as $1 a month and get access to the full archive of all of our legacy Patreon content, including uncut episodes, before and after session talks, outtakes, and extended sessions from our two soloists episodes. You also get access to the current alpha draft of my upcoming game, Super Idols RPG A New Stage, as well as the Patreon-exclusive show Idol Talk, an in-character talk show where rotating members of the cast discuss the most recent episode. The Idol Talk for this episode, featuring Nathan Blades, is going up probably the day after this episode goes out, so if you're already a patron, you can look forward to that in your patron feed very, very soon. And if you really want to support the show more, you can support at $5 or more per month, which will get you access to exclusive one-shots and mini-campaigns going forward. We're going to be recording the first one-shot for this tier soon, and that'll be dropping most likely in early June. The one-shot is going to be GM'd by Luca, actually, who has homebrewed a variant of Honey Heist called The Great Blood Bank Robbery which is a what-we-do-in-the-shadows-inspired game about a group of awkward vampires planning a heist to steal blood from a blood bank. I'm already smiling ear-to-ear -ear just saying that. <laughs> um, your two stats for the game are Vampire and Dork. If you go too far into Vampire, you break the masquerade and start attacking people. 
And if you go too far into Dork, to quote Luca, you get completely sidetracked, forget the heist, and end up part of a bowling team or something. Oh my god, I'm so excited to play this, you have no idea. I cannot wait to play Socially Awkward Vampire. The, the role I was born to play. Anybody who knows me in real life know that I live my life like a vampire anyway, so... <laughs> this is just bringing real life into the role. But of course, the other major perk of the $5 tier is that you get to join our official cheerleader squad and get your name shouted out here on the podcast. So thank you all very much to our cheerleaders, Adam K, Orabolt, Blake1995, Chris T, Circus, Ericune, Great Big James, Jordan Cuttlefish, Liv C, Noreen, Rowan B, Tanner S, T, and Vivid Revolution. Thank you all so much as always for supporting the show. It makes my heart go doki doki. <laughs> Sorry, that's... That's not my line. If you know, you know. Um, I'm in a bit of a deliria right now because I've only had like three hours of sleep, so you're lucky you're getting this episode at all. Uh, so thank you very much for listening to The Middle Bit, and I will let you get back to the episode after this ad for one of our lovely Be Gay Roll Dice Network friends, The Junket Podcast. Talk to y'all again in the ARC 2 finale next episode. The year is 2225, and the end of the universe is nigh. Welcome to the Junket Podcast. The Junket Podcast is an actual play and really gay TTRPG adventure currently running the Maelstrom campaign, a science fiction take on Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition featuring spaceships, space aliens, and a whole bunch of space gays. Follow a found family of misfits and miscreants on a cosmic caper that features science and magic, love, loss, and a whole lot of laughter. Who knows, maybe they'll even save the universe or something along the way. Did that tickle your fancy? If it did, new episodes launch every other Thursday at 5pm GMT on all major and minor podcasting platforms. See you soon in the Maelstrom Galaxy. Describe again what you were intending to happen. So this ice dancer just goes with worlds of blades and claws and is just directly attacking Queen Bee at full force. But then I guess at half speed, because currently we're at ice dancer processing capacity. Uh, I think the downside of this is just Queen Bee's too cool for you and gets to retaliate in whatever way she deems mm -hmm. fit. And I'm going to let Queen Bee get a plus one on whatever uh, her response is going to be. Oh, okay. I think Queen Bee is going to dodge the attack, pirouette around the ice mannequin and just do like a judo throw, shattering it against the nearest wall. Mm -hmm. Like the other one, it explodes into uh, crystals and glitter. That's all hat, Kelvin. You need to find some new moves. At being insulted again, Absolute Zero gets out of their throne. You can speak big words all day, but there are so many performers out there that do nothing but post on Idlegram, shouting down the artists that they don't like, but do they actually create anything at the end of the day? You're supposed to be an artist, not a tweeter. And uh, I guess in RPG reaction box text to being insulted, Absolute Zero gets angrier in red text. 
I guess this kind of goes wrong. The drag you've been, uh, sorry, uh, Elementum's was shaken for a while, but I, I guess you're in a position now to uh, get it going. Yeah, now a lot of the heat is off Elementum, so I think you're probably okay to attack at this point. Yeah. Um, when I look over the edge of these platforms, what do I see? Like, where exactly are you looking? Are you looking up towards the building or like just out in general? Um, out and down. Like, is it like a, just an endless drop? What's below us? Well, there's definitely a floor to this space, like, or a ground of some sort. It doesn't seem to be, like, tangible earth ground or whatever it is that you would find in the normal world, but it does seem to be... I guess it would be more, like, more of this fog, but if it had taken solid form, basically. Okay. And otherwise, it's just this large void that's full of pieces of the Crimson Signal building. Further out in the fog, you even see some pieces of what surrounds the building, like the trees and lawn just like floating vertically in the air. You see like the faint forms of people, but they're clearly not here. Like you can see like shades of people who are in the real world. Like you can see like a security guard floating off in a chair sleeping that you can see through (laughs) or like (laughs) someone playing on their phone as they walk by at night, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Still a little bit shaken. He kind of turns to his ice sculpture duplicate and then to zero degrees and just says, you know what? You're, you're right. I'm still trying to figure out where exactly I belong in this group, but I think that just means I have a lot of space to grow and I don't think that's a bad thing. By the way, I don't think that looks anything like me. (laughs) I could probably do better. And I want to use two burn to create a construct of myself to counteract this ice version of me. It's going to be like just pure flames um, erupts out from, it's almost like a shadow comes out from the bottom of his feet, like a shadow scorched into the ground. And then it stands up horizontal and squares off with the ice sculpture version of me. Oh, is cool. Awesome. Is it like accurate or did you like make you bigger, more muscular? I think it's accurate. I think it's like a one-to-one thing. Nice. It's exactly as he sees himself in a mirror. And he's just going to have that hopefully occupy this ice sculpture of him as he tries to approach zero degrees. Just saying, Kelvin, I don't know if you're in there, but I just want to say I've honestly been a big fan for quite a while. I, I'm still not entirely sure what it means to be marketable, but you have a lot of fans out there the way you are, not this. Hmm. So, um, in a lower voice, but still kind of addressing you, like the absolute zero turns to you and says with some audible regret, well, the version of me that they adore, the singles that they buy are created by my label and myself, but the version of uh, what I bring to things isn't exactly what people want to hear. It has to be processed by somebody who knows the industry better than me, I suppose. And it will happen to you too one day. You're going to voice that you want to have your own creative decisions and be told that if you want to succeed, if you want to continue your career, it's going to have to be compromised by somebody who knows better. That doesn't have to be the only way. It can't be the only way. I want to make my music. Absolute zero size. Your music, hmm? Yeah. And I want to hear yours. (laughs) Absolute zero hasn't heard 
your original song yet because they were <laughs> uh, yeeted into the ether oh, yeah. before That's they true. could. They were they were put on ice. <laughs> oh, there it is. Damn it! Before your before your debut <laughs> performance, unfortunately, <laughs> but they do uh, go kind of like oh well. There was one that I've been working on for a while, and clearly. Clearly, you need to see what a true choreographed talent looks like. And all of the ice dancers stop what they're doing and go to Absolute Zero, who in front of the throne, so they're standing now in front of the like cylinder with the ice thrown inside as if it were a stage centerpiece. And all of the ice dancers and Absolute Zero in simultaneous perfect synchronicity start dancing to a song nobody's heard before in a similar function to that there was music that kind of started as this kind of combat kicked in the music changes to something else that you've not heard it's a little it's a little rougher um it's clearly something that hasn't been fully processed yet it's not been quantized this is clearly something that was like a demo that hasn't been mastered yet. But maybe Kelvin Wyatt still remembers well enough to be able to recall via the power of thought rather than any actual music player. No attack occurs. They're all just kind of dancing. I guess worth noting, like, you can't see because you're not facing that way, but um, <laughs> if the cylinder is, like, this prop on your stage, then Karen is just kind of sitting crisscross applesauce on top oh, of absolutely. it. Still studying the situation. Absolutely. <laughs> it does start getting colder in here, though. And both mm-hmm. Bane Raven and Queen Bee probably go like, oh, no. Mm. Yeah, you can see bits of the building chunks around you are starting to frost up and icicles are starting to grow all over the sides. So, Aaron. Yeah. What- what opportunity did I create for um, my allies when... Oh, I guess I I answered that because uh, B actually ended up. Uh, I, well, I think B got her own opportunity because Kelvin failed a roll. So I think you are still owed an opportunity. I, I might say that the ice dancers that you were fighting are now pretty heavily damaged. And they're still kind of like dancing even with kind of like limbs missing. But they are quite obviously not going to be putting up much of a threat if they were to be engaged with by anybody else. Yeah, so that might be the opportunity there. Okay. Yeah, I think um, Vivi is is also kind of looking around and says to the rest of the group, "I I can't just hack through the ice. We need strength and we need fire." And like nods at Bane Kitten and at Elementum and tries to create a ramp over the dancers straight to absolute zero for the two of them. Yeah. I think as you're doing this, you spot Karen behind absolute zero and looks like she's gotten a brainwave and she's pointing frantically in the direction of the crystal on absolute zero's chest Mm -hmm. and waving her hands like someone trying to do like, ooh, I'm a wizard kind of wavy hands. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think without trying to be heard, she's trying to tell people that you should focus your magics on the crystal. Yeah, I nod and I'm going to try to create a ramp for Angie and Jaden yeah, to like the crystal. Barrel right on through, just like <laughs> fire right into the crystal. 
you know what? I'm telling them that we need brute strength, we need fire, that how they do that is up to oh, them, no. and apparently not to me. Because oh, no. that is a three I rolled. Hmm. Okay, so this is like me and playing way too many TTRPGs. Are we allowed to use multiple like team points? I think each person can use a team point. Yeah. Yeah, each other member of the team can contribute one if we're all working together. Yeah, although I know you have that one move that lets you use two. Yeah. Okay, you said that there's, like, um, ice starting to come up around everywhere, right? Mm, it's getting rapidly mm-hmm. colder in here. Yeah, so I think Lucia's going to try to channel one of her new abilities, which is to kind of, like, create, basically, walls of hard light. Mm. And I think she, like, focuses on creating one and, like, taking a note from Bane Kitten raises one fist as she's like building this large wall and punches one forward so she can try to like crack through some of the ice so Vivi can use an actual physical structure in her um yeah you see what I'm saying like trying to like give Vivi like a physical structure to build off of rather than her trying to like make it entirely on her own troublemaker like I'm being destructive Okay, so you're trying to see if multiple people can add team points to make this a mixed success. Yes, because if that works, it's a plus two instead of a plus one. Mm. Yeah, and you don't have to spend two. You just, like, take one and it counts as two. Yeah, buy one, get one free. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we're now sitting at a five, so you need at least another two team points to get it to a mixed. Yeah, so who else thinks that they can help here? Um, I don't really know how in this form I can help... But I think what Bane Kitten can do is, and uh, Elementum, let me know if you're up for this, but I was going to see if she could get Elementum to ride her, and then maybe the platforms don't have to be so close together. She can just jump from one to one to get Jade in there, to get the opening that Jaden needs to get to the crystal. That's amazing. I think that makes sense. Is that how you were envisioning the construct that Vivi was making, Dana? I was just thinking of uh, a ramp straight there that they could run up. But if she's having trouble and everyone is having to like pull together to make it work, I think that makes sense. Yeah, maybe it's only coming together in parts and mm-hmm. you're not able to make a full ramp up. Yeah. Maybe affected by the space that seems to break everything apart. <laughs> yeah, po- possibly. Mm. That would put us at six, uh, I think. Okay. I can bump out one more. Elementum looks around and sees that there's a lot of ice being formed and he has a bit of control over ice and water as well anyway <laughs> so he kind of shapes the frost underneath this ramp to further bolster it and maybe even extend it a little further to actually reach absolute zero mm, okay so to reframe again when that miss was rolled the ramp happened and it was positioned in a way where attack would be really easy uh, for this okay. partial success the ramp happens and the platform that Trixie makes puts you at conversational height rather than an easy attacking position to absolute zero instead. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think as we're charging up, I'd probably like lean down near um, Bane Tiger's ear and just say, I know they're attacking us, but I feel like we should talk first, please. She nods. 
The uh, ice dancers are still dancing. Uh, Absolute Zero is also still dancing. They haven't attacked yet. Yeah, this whole musical production is happening underneath the ramp as you head up it. <laughs> and as we go up, I kind of reach behind me and like pull out, almost like I've been hiding like in the back of my shirt, but I pull out my Onyx drumsticks. And as we're charging up towards Absolute Zero, I want to start like, it's almost like I'm playing the drums in the air. And I want to play along with Zero Degrees and the song they're playing, the music they're playing. Mm. And if I can, and I'm probably, this is probably going to be a roll for this part, interweave the piece that I um, worked on, that we all worked on, honestly, but the original that we performed, um, I'm trying to interweave it with Zero Degrees' original. Ooh, sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm, I'm down for this. Yeah. And I don't want it to like overwhelm Absolute Zeros, but just complement it. Yeah, okay. No, I, I like this a lot. Um, so definitely you're going to want to unleash your powers for that. Oh, God damn it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we used a lot of team on yeah. the ramp. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you still have four, though. That's a respectable amount. Okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And also charging beside us is my flaming construct. <laughs> I think he's also playing. Um, I think he's got like a flaming set of keys, keyboard, a keyboard kind mm. of. I love appears it. And I he's playing it. alongside. Um, and yeah, mm. I'm just going to. Oh, uh, God. Oh, oh, that was pretty good. Okay, great. Ooh. Not bad. <laughs> All right. Someone could definitely spend a team to get the nine to a ten. Okay, let's see. Uh, help me picture it better, sorry. So we're going up this ramp that's an amalgamation of Vivi's construct energy, hard light from Trixie, some ice from me, and I think, um... She leapt, I think. Yeah, I basically got you there. Yeah, and we're all running up this ramp. Yeah, I don't know if anybody else is on the ramp right now. Is anybody else on the ramp, or is it just you two right now? I think it's just us, yeah. Yeah. The rest of the team's, like, sitting behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm on um, Bane Tiger's back with my element, my elemental construct kind of gliding at the exact same speed as us as we're going up and kind of see um, uh, Jaden pull out his drumsticks and starts playing in the air and it's kind of like it hits hard air and out of that point where it makes contact just hear sound reverberate. Same with the um, fiery keys. I think, in fact, my contract is probably playing like the keytar. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm actually going to say, as you're doing this, uh, there seem to be, like, as you make these hits in the air, they are actually hitting something. Uh, like, not, like, physical something, but it seems like there's, like, almost like a glowing golden light on every hit in the air oh, that you make. Okay. And your chest is glowing faintly golden as well. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> I, I, I won't say if this fully works yet because we want to see how this help goes out. Uh, yeah. But l- yeah, Luca, does that give you a, a picture of what's going on? Yes. Okay, I still have a handful of my disco bees that I brought with me. <laughs> sure. So I can just send them uh, to hover around Jaden and they start uh, glowing and buzzing in time adding a bit of a electronic note to it. Yeah, like an electronic buzz or bass or something. Yes. That's cool. Yeah. And as they glow, they seem to take on that same golden hue that is emanating from Jaden right now. To note, bees do horrendously poorly in the cold. Yeah. <laughs> However, because Elementum's construct is specifically a fire elemental one, uh, the temperature near Elementum is even enough where the bees are not having a miserable time. Mm-hmm. 
Magic glowing bees have a little bit of <laughs> armor against the cold, I think, as well. Mm, These bees are yeah, thriving yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a sweet gig for the bees. <laughs> In a different circumstance, Absolute Zero might yeah. have made it absolutely too cold for the bees to show up. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's probably worth noting that in combination with the cold, obviously, like, Jaden's air bubble has burst by now. Oh, yeah. So that the heaviness of the fog around you is definitely taking it out of you a little bit. Again, it's not anything to have a mechanical effect right now, but like you can feel yourself getting a little more winded than you normally would be doing this sort of thing. I'm actually, like, uh, Nathan made a very good point. I'm actually willing to lose the bees on this. Sure. Okay. Like, you don't have to right away, but they can yeah, yeah. be there long enough to do their thing and then fizzle out. Mm. But um, as you, like, play, and that kind of builds into it, you notice two things. One, the song that Zero Degrees, while what's within Absolute Zero is playing, is not amazing. Not in just the fact that it's clearly a demo. It's not especially groundbreaking as a composition. Uh, This dance, though, it's intricate, it's fluid, it's both complex but easy to understand and maybe easy to learn in key parts of it. Uh, The second thing that you kind of notice is that as you're playing, you realize that actually a lot of the song that you're injecting isn't really coming out of your drumsticks. It's you recalling the song from you having played it before and just you thinking the song is also playing it. Wow, okay, cool, cool. So yeah, I think as we get to the end of the ramp, so we're, I think you said that ramp was now at conversation Mm -hmm. height. He just kind of shouts out and says, if this is your song, I think it's amazing. Oh, this is the song that we made ourselves. I worked really hard on this all night and then showed the rest of the group and they really loved it. And then when we performed it, everyone who listened loved it as well. We didn't need to be marketable. We we ourselves are marketable as long as we're ourselves. Zero Degrees, I know you're listening. I know you're in then. We want to hear your music. Absolute Zero keeps dancing, but replies to you almost in the same way that the song is being played without instruments being played. Uh, You just kind of hear Absolute Zero's voice kind of reverberate in the space. This was the 23rd demo that I was requested to put together. This may be the best one I've made so far. It's still um, insufficient. It still required fixing. It still wasn't quite to the standards that was needed. The fact that I have to keep making these is honestly a drain on my time when I could be working on something so much more. And I think at this point, all the ice dancers and Absolute Zero are now ice skating across in the space, like whirling around in the space in in loops. And uh, upon Absolute Zero saying when I could be making something so, they're skating backwards and do like a Surya Benelli like backflip landing on one skate. So much more graceful, but that's not what they need from me, apparently, despite the things that I've been working on. And in this thought conversation, you can kind of almost see through uh, this construct's eyes, memories of working on you don't necessarily have the technical capacity to know the finer details. It seems to be motion capture technology and simulations of 
people dancing who aren't zero degrees, people dancing in a way that's not as graceful, but getting a virtual construct to mimic the exact same dance moves, and then a bit later a robotic construct doing the same dance moves, and then uh, them trying to do zero degrees is dance moves and the robot can't take it. Apparently some of just the physical requirements necessary put too much strain on this thing and it breaks apart. Interesting. Okay. So we're working on this project instead. It's what's needed. But you I haven't seen choreography this graceful, beautiful ever. Why don't you just concentrate on that? Why won't your label let you concentrate on that? Sometimes we have to take the jobs that we don't want to do to be able to survive. I think, is anybody else doing anything while this conversation is going on? Vivi's just also walking up the ramp to catch up. Yeah, Queen V2. Trixie's trailing behind. What's Karen up to? If she, is she just still vibing up there? Yeah, it seems like at this point she's trying to peer in like some of the windows of the building to see if she can get a better look in there from where she is. Because she's not sure exactly like what's going on out here or what she can do necessarily, mm -hmm. but like she gave you the signal of what she was able to figure out that like if you focus your magical energies on the crystal that seems like it would probably do something mm -hmm. and as you get closer if you see the golden glow in Jaden's chest and actually in Queen Bee's chest too as the disco bees are active you can see a bit of that same glow is starting to appear around the edges of Absolute Zero's crystal not a lot but it's there yeah, I just wanted to make sure our good girl was safe. Um, <laughs> our good sis. Um, yeah, I think, like, as they're walking up, Trixie starts more or less, like, playing with an illusion. Not trying to do, like, anything super fancy or offensive or anything. I think she almost just creates this pink-toned aurora borealis, like, around the trio that's walking up to see if that triggers anything. Like, just for a visual effect, or, like... More just, like, I want to pump out magical energy. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, even if it's not to, like, attack or fight or do anything, but just, like, have my magical energy out in this space. Yeah, I think, actually, that is going to strengthen the glow that Jaden and Queen Bee both have as you do that. Since you're not focusing it on an absolute zero, it doesn't do much to them but it is strengthening what they're doing with their music and their powers right now. Then, like I said, it's like a pink-toned Aurora Borealis. I think I start channeling one end of it from me to the crystal. Yeah, and as you do that, you're noticing that you've got that glow happening as well, and it's very warm. It's like what happened in the room as you were all trying to open the portal together. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The dance simplifies by a lot. So it was originally really intricate and interwoven between Absolute Zero and the many Ice Dancer replicas, but it's now, they're all doing the same thing, and it is much, much simpler. I'm an old man in real life, so I don't know too much about TikTok, <laughs> but it would be imitable in that kind of energy, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's a routine that if you watch Loop a, a handful of times, you could feasibly learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a quick question. How big is this crystal in that chest? Slightly bigger than a, a person, large enough for Kelvin to be sort of like fetal position inside of it. Um, so for Angie's part, I think what she's going to do is she's probably going to start walking back a bit 
and she turns her head and gives Jaden a look and I think she's trying to communicate that she's intending to do a running leap to follow what Vivi was guiding before to punch the crystal which is you know Bane's solution to a lot of things so (laughs) she's like okay it's time to break them out of there now is basically (laughs) how she's trying to say it she's getting ready to do that Jaden just gives like a there's a bit of a hesitation but then he nods just saying okay I'm ready I think Queen Bee is going to try and uh, imitate the choreography see if she can draw some attention from absolute zero okay how do you think Absolute Zero is reacting to that? Because I feel like that would probably trigger something, right? Yeah. Queen Bee starting to do the dance. I think there's enough ice in the space now where it's kind of like lightly covering all of the floor, hence them being able to ice skate around. Once you start doing the dance, it takes a couple of loops of it for you to start getting it. But the ground underneath you moves... Your position kind of shifts so you are reasonably center platformed to be kind of symmetrical in terms of staging of where everybody is. As a lone dancer, you have kind of felt the ice beneath your feet shift you. Um, So you're now in a different place on the stage from before. Nothing bad happens to you. You're just now somewhere else. Oh, did she basically like, did you teleport her basically? More or less. Ah, okay. Or like the li- the literal ice underneath the her feet because it's kind of like a cryokinesis thing has physically moved you elsewhere. But yeah, nothing bad has happened oh, to okay, you. Okay, yeah, because there's ice that's part of the ramp. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, that's what happens to Queen Bee, separate to whatever uh, Bane Tiger <laughs> is preparing <laughs> to do. The list of stage names for Angie is just growing. <laughs> it does keep growing. We'd love to see it. Yeah. <laughs> The tiger, the tiger is out. <laughs> wait, Bane yes. Tigress. I like, wait, Bane, Bane Tigress? Bane Tiger? Mm. Bane Tigress. Oh no, we'll workshop it. Um, but, yeah. um, <laughs> I like to imagine uh, Elementum under his under his breath saying that. Yeah, he just worked like, no, this isn't, this isn't the time. Bane Tigress? No, this is not, this is not this time. Okay. Um, <laughs> I need, actually, I want to float this as a question first before I states it as what I do Mm -hmm. Um, if you could give me like the dimensions of this crystal real quick (laughs) um, (laughs) about how tall and how wide is it it's enough to contain like a six foot three tall man so it's probably maybe uh, seven feet from top to toe okay so no okay damn it okay well in that case I'm gonna try something else I would like to use my last burn to use a move called snatch Mm mm-hmm and I mean, I want, people. There are people who are seven feet tall. I mean, that is true. Um, <laughs> but I, I want to use snatch. And originally, I was going to try and take the crystal. But I, I want to see if I can snatch Kelvin himself. Just pull them out. So Ooh. spend one mm. burn to use your power to seize any one object up to the size of a person from someone in within view. And I'm trying to snatch Kelvin from absolute zero. Ooh, I think I'm going to have to veto that. The thing that's happening here is going to be too strong for that, but you can make a a go for the crystal itself if you want to. Yeah, I'll go for the crystal itself, and I want to pull the crystal out of absolute zero. Okay. Okay. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I think at this point, I think it counts as a scene, so I think my flame construct disappears, but as it dissipates, the flames actually 
wrap around Elementum's hands, like almost like gloves. And though it definitely should burn, he seems completely unfazed by it. And he kind of puts his hands together in like a prayer motion and slowly starts pulling it apart. And as he does, you see um, flames, a similar orange, start to wrap around and engulf the crystal as it tries to um, rematerialize it between Elementum's hands as he slowly pulls them apart. Mm -hmm. As the flames hit the crystal, there is something that I could only really describe as the magical equivalent of like a conflicting command error. And the eyes of Absolute Zero, so the gigantic construct, not Kelvin Wyatt inside, go jet black as the room gets immediately way, way colder and uses wield their powers in response. Oh, okay. uh, Kelvin Wyatt inside the crystal thrashes around as if in pain. Oh. Yeah, no, (laughs) this is, uh, you can feel some real bad negative energy happening here. Like, there was a little bit of a golden glow to the crystal before. It is starting to turn red now as you do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I rolled a, a wield your powers and rolled a five because, oh, of course... No. You um, can't, can't catch a break. It's, I mean, Aww. even if it goes recklessly, that's fine. Uh, that's if, it, if, it, if it was to go correctly, <laughs> one of the side effects of uh, wield your powers is to neutralize an opponent or a threat, at least for now, and it would have turned Jaden into an ice statue. Um, mm. but, oh, so thank goodness. <laughs> well, good then. <laughs> but instead, I think it just gets bitterly, horrendously cold in here. Okay. It, honestly, if it were just the cold or just the jet black eyes, you would have kept going. But I think seeing Kelvin thrashing in pain inside there, he immediately stops the snatch move and pulls back completely because that was not his intention. Yeah, I think if you do that, then the crystal is kind of going to like magnetize back into the spot that it was in before and revert to the situation it was in before. Mm-hmm. I-, I think the music also goes like it hits. It's now off key or off tempo uh, during that period of time that the, the kind of crystal casing was like taking damage. And now it's stopped. Things have slowly started to pull back into key and time again. And the constructs slowly get back to dancing speed again. Okay, that didn't work out. That was not what I planned. Sorry. Yeah, uh, I think... (laughs) I think Bane is going to do what she's going to do. And I think she's going to be like, Okay, well, we just break the crystal then and break and break them out (laughs) (laughs) so she kind of lowers so that elementum can climb off because um that was their eye conversation like it's like if your plan doesn't work we're doing my plan yeah and he he climbs off um shakes off the flames from his hands yeah she's going to try and take a running leap to attack the crystal and i think i'm going to consider that directly engage a threat Mm. yep if that makes sense that would be and I'm really sorry if this kills you. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> the way it's casually under their breath for me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I guess in that case, actually, the person who does intervene in that case is Karen. Will give away her spot and be like, "No, your magic. I don't think you should attack that." I mean, my magic is blunt force, so. <laughs> yeah. You need to channel magical energies into it. Don't attack it. If you break it, I think something bad will happen. Oh, like I was doing. 
because obviously, uh, or rather to, to kind of, um, it flashes through your mind of like the crystal was trying to be pulled away and it caused like a yeah. magical feedback error. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, Angie doesn't know how to do that. So she's just doing the run and then she just kind of skids mm-hmm. to a stop mm-hmm. in that like awkward cat way. she almost gets to the edge and she's like your skidding stop places you next to queen bee as to where they currently are on stage your fireworks they can't right yeah you have plenty of magic she pops out of her form because probably like lost confidence or something like that so she stands up and awkwardly brushes herself off sees what Queen Bee's doing, and then she's gonna be like, okay, fireworks, I guess, and then just goes right into the choreography with Queen Bee, and yeah, she's going to, I don't know, emphasize some fireworks here and there. <laughs> so she's like, pew, pew, it's just like really loud and <laughs> celebratory and stuff. Yeah, like some of the glows on the other people have started to calm down at this point because you're not using your powers as much in this moment, but Queen Bee, if you still have your bees going, you still have the glow. Jaden, if you have any powers going, you still have the glow. Oh, Queen Bee dancing has been glowing this entire time. Like, even <laughs> though the bees might have faded away due to the sudden drop in temperature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Queen Bee is still glowing despite that. Trixie, if you still have your Aurora Borealis, you still have a glow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think, like, I start playing techie for um, Bane and Bee. I still have the Aurora Borealis going, but I'm, like, also, like doing these like light shows and these flashes to spotlight them and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And the more you start to bring this little show together, the stronger the glowing between all of you gets and the more glow starts to appear in the crystal in Absolute Zero's chest as well. I think with this instruction, Valerie is also going to just try to grab the crystal with her telekinesis, which... It's larger than anything she can usually move with it, but this seems like a clear way to channel her magic into it. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think as long as you're not trying to, like, separate it, I think you're good. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe if you're using it to try and grab, basically, Mm -hmm. Absolute Zero's chest cavity to stop them from moving, basically. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I could, I do have a move here that would be petty. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I like it already. Only because it would be very funny if I succeeded. I can mark my doom track to use an adult move. I could attempt to wield my powers with precision and grace. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you wanna. <laughs> I just think it would be very funny if I did that and yeah. succeeded. I think you should do it. <laughs> of I support it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't. <laughs> I have, listen, I can fill up my doom track so many like two more times and it will be fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I will mark that and I will roll with Freak to wield my powers with precision and grace to try to. Like, since since I'm doing this as an adult move, it's not even. I don't think it's even like trying to grab it. I think I'm just intentionally trying to overload the crystal with my magical energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is a that is a twelve. Uh-huh. That is boxcars. Okay, okay. (laughs) All right. Mm. Wield your powers with precision or grace. On a hit, choose one. On a 10 plus, choose two. I'm going to take the two options to neutralize an opponent or threat, at least for now, and to take hold of something vulnerable to me. I think that's very fitting for what you're trying to do right now. (laughs) 
As your uh, telekinetic energy hits the crystal on Absolute Zero's chest, and you initially maybe give it a tentative like pull mm-hmm. and feel that magical feedback error again, and you stop. But the eyes of Kelvin Wyatt inside open with pure white light shining out of it and uh, meets your gaze for a second. And it just feels like you're somewhere else for a while. When, uh, as a question to Violence Violet, mm-hmm. if you had perfect control of your own staging, so not what Rain Shadow Records would set you as your staging, but if you had perfect mm-hmm. control of your own staging, what would it look like? Oh, it, it would look like a Gothic Victorian castle. Mm. An open courtyard with wrought iron fences everywhere, the most um, edgy, you know, goth bullshit. Uh, in that case, we, we find ourselves in a castle courtyard. It is uh, lightly snowing what appear to be large holographic snowflakes settling on a rose garden of Mm -hmm. uh, roses made of glass. Kelvin Wyatt, not zero degrees, is in this garden, standing reasonably casually and uh, addresses you. And then you kind of realize like, oh, we're having a conversation right now it seems separate mm-hmm. to um what what was tele te, what was telekinesis was maybe actually uh with this full hit more of a telepathy kind of circumstance yeah, we have the the new type connection going on mm. yeah <laughs> as uh kelvin says uh this industry's a real killer yeah i look i i can't imagine how it feels to be told what you were told, but I I became an idol to try to be more of who I wanted to be and and you were right. I I just had to change who I was to get anywhere to get anything. Mm. But I suppose that's also a sign of growing up, right? Where we realize that our ideals might not necessarily mesh with the real game plan. But you do work hard, actually. I'm familiar with you and your um, previous discography. Not necessarily the genre that I would work in, but um, actually really talented for someone of your age. Thank you. I, I, I was being smart earlier. I, I, I know who you are. I know your work. It's. I want to be as cool and in control as as you <laughs> always are. Yeah, poise, grace, perfection, and all that. Not my line, by the way. My um, image coach suggested that one. Mm. It's true, though. I am a bit of a perfectionist. <laughs> um, for all that has got me, uh, it seems that the uh, it's an industry for the young uh, these days. Uh, like... Kelvin is in his mid to late twenties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an industry for the young. If uh, teens can just uh, stage rush one of my concerts and uh, 
draw a bigger crowd than uh, what I can manage even with funding and industry backing, then, well, I, uh, maybe I should be doing something else. Look, maybe, maybe the funding and industry backing isn't everything. Maybe, maybe we'd be better off being who we are on a smaller stage. Hmm. Going independent sounds nice. And the room fills with white as snow just kind of covers the camera and uh, nothing can be seen. Trixie. If you had full control of your own staging, what would your staging look like? Oh, I think it would be a sleek, chromatic silver floor that's absolutely reflective and there's all these different tiers to them where like backup dancers and singers and musicians would be kind of all surrounding like tiered up in the back because then as things get lower and get like physically lower but also more center stage that would be where Trixie would like be performing and stuff. Um, and I think there's rigs and stuff for like walks across the crowd and everything um, that would of course look like, oh my God, she's walking on air. Mm. But none of that's like really in focus. I think when we get to that stage, it's um, a spotlight on the mic where the two of them are. Mm. We're on a, a walkway made of glass and mirror polished silver. We can see in all directions fragments of a crowd through also mirrored glass and walls. They are both here and somewhere else watching from afar, but also in the same room. It's very hard to tell with the light kind of refracting across the space. It's almost kaleidoscopic. The audience in the background are uh, all wearing the synthwave-coloured zero-degrees scarf. Um, so the kind of refracting <laughs> of the audience is in that kind of electric blue, um, yeah. blue, hot pink, as we kind of stand in the middle of the stage. You're incredibly confident. Uh, I must say I'm not familiar with your work. I'm new. Huh. And... As she says that, you can, like, just see the insecure 15-year-old just jump out. <laughs> mm-hmm. As she's kind of, like, holding onto her own arm. Are you sure this is the kind of debut you want? The group that you're with definitely have a lot of uh, social media clout after their um, debut performance. But, you know, um, chasing bands just because they're well-known might not necessarily be the best option for your career. No, I... I- it isn't it's not a good idea for anybody to just hop onto a bandwagon but that's not what i'm doing i i wanted to be like you i wanted to be independent i did like be my own star you know and i'm i'm talented i could do it don't get me wrong i can tell that you're talented it's just sometimes committing to those big decisions kind of uh Limit other alternative options for the foreseeable. Um, He looks away. Did you mean what you said before? Or were you just trying to get my attention? There's like the finger poke thing. Um, I mean, I am a big fan. I would love to like get your attention. Um, But I did mean it. I am 
a really, really big fan. And I mean, okay, you know, like we're mixed, we're both mixed and you're mixed with different stuff and I'm mixed with different stuff, but I'm not stupid. I know how marketability can work. I've seen it. I've paid attention. I've listened to the groups that my parents listened to and seen the path that they went down. And I mean it when I say that, like, you're opening up a space for super idols. There's no other idol that looks like you. And there's no other idol that does the things that you do. It's those two combinations that make you special. And it's a combination of those things that makes me love your work. And I want to do that too. I want to be somebody groundbreaking because you're groundbreaking to me. And I'll get there someday. Listen, like I said, I'm not bandwagoning. I'm here to learn and to study and become the best kind of idol that I can be. And the rest of these extremely talented losers are going to help me out. <laughs> There's like a, a, a dry laughter from Kelvin. And he turns to you and looks you in the face quite genuinely and says, I don't think anybody's said that I've inspired them to create before. Um, that's really nice of you. Thank you. And the mirrors and glass of the audience folds in and the screen becomes a riotous nonsense of infinitely refracted colour. What's your uh, ideal staging with nobody to tell you otherwise? Oh boy, you're going to learn a lot about Jason. Um, he doesn't have one especially right now but Jaden is very much go with the flow he enjoys all types of music so he doesn't have like a specific genre he's flexible almost to a fault so I think the staging you actually see is like a hodgepodge mishmashed bit of like any and every genre you can think of any and every staging arrangement you can think of it's almost like you've got all of them and smashed them together and you can just see them clipping in and out mm. with each other a suggestion yeah Considering, um, I, well, okay, this might have changed uh, over the bits and pieces that I have not heard. Is Elementum still a massive fan of the Bonbon bon Brothers? Yes. I think maybe this stage looks like a pre-existing Bonbon bon Brothers set. And you have Ooh, like okay, yeah. layered additional things onto it. It's almost like it was hit by like the squids from Splatoon. Um, and where yeah, large yes. <laughs> splats of color have landed, the genre of the staging has changed, but not the physical shape, like it's been texture replaced. Yeah, I actually really like that. Yeah. And he's right in center stage with Kelvin. Mm. There's a riotous cheer from the audience and we the camera turns to the audience and it's nothing. It's just endless tundra. Oh, okay. The stage is in the middle of nowhere. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really not sure, um, I, I would be heartbroken for somebody who had such enthusiasm for the industry to try and jump into the big leagues when they're not ready yet. Well, it was a good thing I'm not jumping into the big leagues just yet. I, I'm still learning, I'm still growing, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, but there's nothing wrong with that necessarily, but... When it comes to being adored, he says with air quotes, they love a thing about you and will crave more of that thing. 
or your debut song, it could be a hit, but then people are going to be asking for your next hit. They'll want the essence of the thing that you've made. And if you don't know what the essence is, how are you going to please your audience? I mean, I suppose that's right, but I would hope that I've gathered an audience that just enjoys my genuine sound. <laughs> don't we all hope that? He looks sad. Well, I mean, I think there are people out there who do. I, I'm i a big fan, and he just kind of gestures out to the his staging. Apparently this is all me, because I am a big fan of the Bum Bum Bros, and I feel like they put a lot of themselves into each and every song they've played. And even the ones that didn't make the charts, I really, really love. Mm. And I'm fine. I'm okay with that kind of song. My goal isn't even really to hit the charts is just to make music ah yeah it is really nice to just kind of create for the sake of creating although well it'd be interesting to see what your uh staging is when you know what it is and not just what you know you already like gesturing to the paint splattered like logo of bon bon yeah. brothers <laughs> it's like partially obscured by splatters of paint yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out. But even when I do, they're all going to have a bit of them inside what I create. They inspired me. And honestly, so did you. Um, actually, hold on. And he's going to de-transform because I think I remember, if I remember this correctly, he actually went in the heist in a zero degrees hoodie. Yeah, he did. Um, so he's going to de-transform to show <laughs> off his yeah. zero degrees hoodie and kind of hold it out and like show it off to Calvin. See, I'm, I'm a big fan and I'll be honest, I was hoping we'd meet on better terms, but I think this is better than nothing. <laughs> I really appreciate everything you've done. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I can't quite remember the last time I listened to my inspirations, or rather when I watched my inspirations uh, perform. Um, maybe I need to go back to basics. And there is the sound of like um, something firing in the distance and a whistling sound and there are just large splats of paint that rain out of the air with increasing intensity until it kind of starts splattering over the camera and we can't see it anymore. Bane Raven, unless you're you're going under uh, an official name change, the artist formerly known as Bane Raven. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> still a work in progress. Mm. What does your your staging uh, ideal staging look like? So there is a stage, but it's half and half, and one half is the stage you would see at a stadium show. So there's like big screens you know that would show where the artist is to the audience all the way far back etc but then the other half is just a stage bane is at a place where her thoughts about fame and getting rich again have are starting to change mm. and she's starting to see a lot of these systemic issues that you've already referenced before. And she's starting to question whether she wants to be a part of it mm -hmm. or if just performing is enough. So that's what the stage looks like. 
the expectation of what the dream is and what Angie might just actually want is just a stage to perform on. Mm. I think the ordinary stage half, um, actually, it's a place you don't recognize. It's outdoors and you can see kind of in the distance that the floor is cobbled and you can see a clock tower in the distance that's really elaborate looking. Uh, it looks like there's like an intricate like zodiac design on it or something like that. There are flyers around for a promotional event in a language that you can't read, but the camera can tell is Czech. Kelvin Wyatt is mixed race uh, Czech and Turkish. So this is a a street performance, but in a place that you've not seen. In addition to it being like a Super Bowl kind of stadium that you do know and maybe you visited before. And uh, is kind of uh, leaning on one of the kind of like speaker towers on this kind of like street stage and is like a this could be a really lucrative gig actually if you strike it really big if you make all the right moves if you go international then you know you can be set for life although leaving the industry afterwards is well few people manage i'm and she kind of sighs and says i'm starting to get real pissed off at these companies these fucking crimson signals, these fucking rain shadow records that think it's okay to hurt people. Mm. And that there's so many people that don't see that hurt and just see the result of it instead, which is, like you said, a product, something to be sold. I don't know if I want that for me. And I kind of point to the big screens and stuff. Are you sure? There are a few people who enter the idol industry who decide that they don't want to be seen by millions, to have their name literally up in lights, to have scores of people both in person and streamed online cheering your name. That's that's not a thing you want. I don't know if I believe you. Let me be clear. I want that, but like on my own terms. Right. And I don't know if I want to sign myself up for any of those or if I just burn it all down for all of us and have us control our own shows. Hmm. These systems, I want them gone. Rather than kind of responding verbally, I think uh, Kelvin just gives a, a, a slow nod. I can understand that. I um, respect it even. You weren't hurt, were you, Um, when you slept on stage? No. Well, that's a relief. Just embarrassed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, well, the number of them. Uh, Before I uh, uh, specifically dedicated my um, choreography to um, pop stardom, some of my routines that I set for myself as an ice skater were uh, risky. And you always straddle that knife edge. I guess the uh, skater's blade between something impressive and something that you risk injuring yourself doing. But you've got to be tough to uh, shoot for great heights like that. So I'm glad you're tough, I guess, if you're going to be working in this kind of job. Thanks. And I'm going to work here, but I think I'm going to run it too. Hmm. Not just for me. Well, um, 
when you set up your label. I'll be interested to see what perks you offer. And we hear riotous applause and cheers from stands far away. The clock tower like chimes and like Super Bowl like confetti cannons go off and it just kind of fills the space with confetti like a blizzard uh, to the point where we can no longer really see anything. And finally, Queen Bee, what does your uh, ideal staging look like? It's almost like a tower. It's a wide hexagonal monolith that rises from uh, the darkness and uh, it's polished black, Mm. but it has like uh, hexagonal tiles that can move and raise up and down, forming walls and patterns and steps and surfaces to dance on. And you can see like down the shadows, the shapes of a huge amount of people. Mm. But it's on, they're only silhouettes. Yeah, it, it feels like the hollow inside of this tower stretches infinitely in both directions. We can still sort of see the sky, but it seems far, far out of reach. All of the um, hexagonal platforms that are moving around the space are engraved with large snowflake patterns. The hexagonal pattern being shared in nature for both ice crystals and honeycomb. Floating on separate platforms, I think descending, the only way that we can even really tell what movement we're in is by some of the other hexes in the background shifting relative to our position. Otherwise, it would feel like we're almost perfectly still. There are a lot of people who... uh, claim to be part of the industry, uh, who claim to be creators, and then just spend their entire time talking ill of other people and not actually making anything. It's disappointing, really. I mean, I suppose it's a way to start a career, (laughs) but... I thought it was you who told me the importance of keeping the character up, of being a heel. It's more than just the... Well, I'm able to stick with the personality I've been set for my image because it is an endless swing back and forth between being loved and hated by my audience. I do a stage show. I razz some people. I rile the crowd up. They boo my name. Then I perform. They cheer my name. Then I insult people because I'm supposed to. They boo my name and the cycle continues indefinitely, stretching forever like the tower. But without the um, constant supply of reasons for them to actually adore me, well, it then ends up being a little one-sided. Yes. I, I I want them to see me, to hate me, to fear me, to just admire me and just... <laughs> I, well, to, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a difficult role. I, I uh, like, he, he looks genuinely kind of, um, maybe not nervous, but a bit off kilter. Uh, I wasn't the first person to be given this image. Uh, there was somebody else. I don't even really, I don't, my agent didn't even really talk about their name much. Just what happened to them. They uh, lent in a little too hard 
on the love to be hated thing. And well, the the fan response was never never ending. And um Luca, you remember this about two years ago, maybe three. Mm-hmm. There was an up and coming within Rain Shadow Records uh, who was hate posting like constantly. It was to other people within Rain Shadow Records. So people who were in the know kind of would be able to tell what's up. But the quality of the songs they were putting out was not enough to balance out the barbs that they were posting a little too frequently. And then the fan response was not only constant but disproportional to the original barbs that this artist put out. And then they just stopped posting. They stopped making music. They disappeared. And you remember this. Like, you maybe remember one of your friends in school talking to you about how this one person was just uh, (laughs) uh, unsustainable. There was no way that they could be uh, possibly in a position to be posting like this anymore. And they were going to tell them how they really felt about it. Happens a lot. Uh, in the hip-hop industry, actually, it's pretty common to have uh, two particular artists start fights with each other, drop diss tracks, and then when social media became popular, um, sling insults at each other. And uh, the people that weren't in the know and knowing that this wasn't necessarily a way to just sell records uh, actively, you know, hated them. That could be difficult to bear when it's uh, in social media. Um, and is that really a thing that you feel that you can withstand? Well, I think uh, I think that the person you mocked on that stage cannot take that. But I, Queen B can take anything. Hmm. Well, I suppose I should apologize to the person on stage then. Don't, don't do that. You, I needed that. You kind of made me. You gave me the push I needed to really. Be me. Hmm. And though you are a colossal douchebag, I will always owe you for that. (laughs) Well, uh, (laughs) I don't really know what to say to that. I guess um, I'm glad I'm doing my job well. Although I uh, don't really know how much longer I have the job for. So I guess I should be working on a new image. If you uh, have a concept going. I mean, the ice thing is pretty good. (laughs) We'll stick with that for the time being, then. And uh, a storm of hexagons kind of uh, rise up from the audience as we hear an equal balance of uh, boos and yells of adoration uh, fill our ears as uh, more hexagons rain out from the crowd below and then kind of obscure our view. As you sort of come out of this psychic dream space that you've all just experienced, you see that not only are you all glowing golden, not only is the crystal encasing Kelvin glowing golden, in front of all of you in your chests, you start to see a shape form in front of you in this light, and it feels warm and comfortable like this is the most natural thing in the world to you. Almost like this is manifesting some of your most deep and 
treasured feelings all in one little bit of light in front of you. And floating in front of all of you are these crystalline shapes that have not like a star shape, but like an actual like sun miniaturized on the inside of the crystal. And they all pulse in time with the crystal in Absolute Zero's chest cavity. And as the glow reaches a crescendo, the crystal finally shatters into a shower of iridescent light. And the glowing form of Calvin Wyatt floats gently down to the ground, their eyes slowly opening as their feet touch softly down. And as if this was the start of a show, there is a spin, a pose, poise, grace, perf- uh, Fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to Super Idols RPG. And thanks to the wonderful cast of today's episode, Valerie slash Violence Violet was played by Dane Alexa, who can be found on Twitter at AuthorX. Angie slash Bane Kitten was played by T. Jaden slash Elementum was played by Drac, who can be found on Twitter at Draconics. Alan slash Queen Bee was played by Luca, who can be found on Twitter at QueenBE1516087. Lucia slash Trixie was played by Liv Chavez, who can be found on Twitter at Live in a Day. And special guest character Absolute Zero, aka Zero Degrees, aka Kelvin Wyatt, was played by Nathan Blades, who can be found on Twitter at Phantom Arts Ent. Dialogue and cleanup editing was done by Kathleen Childs, whose work can be found on the Sword of Symphonies podcast at PeachGardenGames.com. GMing, final editing, and mastering for this episode was done by me. Aaron Cerise. You can find me on Twitter and YouTube at Aaron Cerise, and you can find more information and art for Super Idols on our website at superidolsrpg.wordpress.com. This campaign is played using Masks, a new generation, written by Brendan Conway and published by Magpie Games, with custom moves by Aaron Cerise and Zach P. Our ending theme is Born to Drive Me Crazy, instrumental by Humans Win and is under license from Storyblocks.com. Absolute Zero's dance theme is Buns and Guns 2, a Creative Commons track by Farage. Kelvin's untitled demo is Demo Session 8, a Creative Commons track by DJ Double K and Ollie. Lucia's psychic heart-to-heart theme is TID, Till I Die, a Creative Commons track by Terry Skills. Links to all Creative Commons tracks can be found in the description. All other incidental music and sound effects for this episode are licensed from storyblocks.com and freesound.org. Thank you all for listening, stay well, and goodbye until next time! Oh, did we lose someone? Oh, did someone drop? In uh, Nathan. Oh, same Nathan did, oh, that the was- star oh. of the hour. That was easy. Oh no! We won. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> we did it! Oh, no. <laughs>
got him. <laughs> Rescued. All right, on to the next. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.